For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another wonderful, riff-filled uh, evening of Blue Jays baseball. Once again, my buddy Tom on the guitar here for your intro, so, you know, props to that. As usual, fellas, I'm here with Brendan Panikar and Adam Corsair. How are we doing? Or are you guys literally losing all your hair? I'm sorry, Adam, didn't mean to. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's long gone, but, uh, I still, I still yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, we don't have to get into it, but I will say this. I'm very proud of America for the record amount of voting done this election. That's all yeah. I'll say. It's about That's, time uh, on that part. I think, uh, <laughs> what was the average over the last like 20 years? They said like 60% turnout. Yeah, I, I think there was, uh, for Biden alone, there was somewhere around 70 million votes for him, highest in, Amer in presidential candidate history, period. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully hey. it's tough. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's all I was gonna add. Hopefully, so thanks to everybody that did turn out for the uh, for those of us that are on the state side here, and um, I hope the show has been good for everybody north of the border because it's been just as weird here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a terrible reality TV show in it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Really made a joke that. Yeah, exactly. I made the joke that it was like basically the movie Vita Vendetta going on right now in real time every day. And if for those that haven't watched that movie, that movie takes place on November the 5th. It's almost November the 5th. <laughs> so, fellas, let's talk Blue Jay baseball. There's some little rumors going on before we dive into what we're going to really focus on this show is our way too freaking early 2021 predictions. And we are going to talk about there's already some projections in from fan graphs. So we're going to talk about that and what about what we're looking at here, sift through it a little bit just to have some fun. And, you know, first we're going to talk about what could be one of the predictic predictions, guys. Apparently Trevor Bowers is going to continue to troll Blue Jays fans. Yeah. And I don't know if you both saw it, but the Major League Baseball Network was talking about it yesterday. And Dan Plesak and I forget who the other gentleman was talking about, but they were talking about the free agent market in general. And then they put their, you know, their GM hat on and go, Trevor Bauer, Blue Jays, perfect fit. Here we go. And then that, that made it out into the Twitterverse, that clip. And 
in, Tre in typical Trevor Bauer fashion, he goes out, yeah, that sounds like that could be a nice consideration. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of ironic. I know we've talked about it probably about pretty much the last four or five weeks in various fashion here, but guys, that's it, it. Either this is the most ridiculous fan trolling, which is typical of Bauer and his, you know, outer persona, but it seems like this isn't going away. And that's what I'm kind of intrigued about. If they are going to throw a brick and money at it, why not the best pitcher on the free agent market? Yeah. 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 You take that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it really does seem like it's something that's not going away. Look, I'll equate his troll job to all these fan bases are when you're back in university and you're single and you were trying to buy a girl a drink and she came over and would take your drink and talk to you for like five minutes and then leave you for the rest of the night. And you're like, oh, crap, well, I just got, I just lost five bucks. Uh, that's that's how I feel. And that was the first thing I thought of when Trevor Bauer's trolling keeps on going on. And, and look, I mean, there's no denying his talent, guys. There really isn't. Um, he, he's, he's a really good pitcher, really talented pitcher. Um, I know we dissected it at length uh, when this first came up, but I do feel that a large portion of the Blue Jays fan base would be very turned off by this move. Um, I've seen a few people who've probably listened into the show uh, a few times on Twitter say they may have to look for other teams to cheer for. Um, and if you're that passionate about it, um, you should be, uh, especially if you're arguing for um, uh, injustices that Trevor Bauer may or may not be contributing to. Uh, in society. Uh, but at the same time, you just got to go back and look at some of the care we've had on this team over the last five, six, seven years. And you look at that 2015 team, it was led by Josh Donaldson. And I know it had to be dug up and he wasn't as outward with this. Um, but going into the 2016 season, people knew, people uncovered that Donaldson was happy that Trump got elected for his first term. So I didn't see any fewer Josh Donaldson jerseys or fans uh, in the stands. So I think the person, as we've said before, um, is questionable. There's definitely some question marks uh, about his character. Uh, the talent alone uh, is undeniable. And if they were to sign him for a year and he went out there and he got them into a wild card spot, and maybe they win a round or two and Bauer pitches some good games. I think that would be quickly forgotten by a large portion of the fan base. So it's very hit or miss uh, with Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Dan Plesak named it as a three-headed monster with him, Ryu, and then Nate Pearson was his other third yeah. person in that rotation. Adam, what do you think? Well, there's two sides to this equation, right? And, Brendan, you, you mostly spoke on the, the cultural side and the sociological side, which obviously uh, that's on the mind, that's on the radar of Blue Jays, Blue Jays fans as it should be. Um, so we need to look at it in two different ways, right? We need to look at this as a talent perspective and a person perspective. And the latter of which I don't necessarily know that it's responsible enough for Blue Jays fans to sort of really digest and dive into because at the end of the day, we don't really know anything about him as a person other than what he's been selling us for the past couple months or even past couple of years. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility if we're going to focus on the personal stuff that even if he did s support Donald Trump in the first term or prior to the first term and him becoming elected throughout that four years, things have could have changed for him. There could have been a, a paradigm shift in terms Clearly of how change for a lot of voters. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. 
Yeah. Right? It, it could have been a paradigm shift for him. Uh, he could have had some conversations with teammates. I don't know. I, I'm just throwing out the possibility. So when it comes to the personal side, I don't know of anything as of today that indicated that he is still a supporter of Donald Trump. Or maybe he's just trying to keep that quiet. In which case, fine with me, man. If I, I'm not going to... quiet on something. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to just eliminate someone from my life if they're quietly a Trump supporter. Maybe he's not even a Trump supporter. Maybe he's just a Republican and he doesn't like yep. the Democratic side. So um, that being said, in a pure talent perspective, obviously the Blue Jays could benefit from this. Um, I think it could benefit Ryu with the pressure being off him if he has a solid number two. And it could relieve the pressure off of Nate Pearson for the expectations to be so high uh, starting the season. He might not even have to start the season with the rotation. He could maybe take, assuming there's a minor league season, hopefully, uh, he could, you know, sort of uh, strengthen the skills. Right. (laughs) He could sort of strengthen (laughs) the skills and uh, sort of hone them a little bit more. Um, So talent wise, I don't obviously I would like to have him. Um, and, and it's weird that we have all these predictions because MLB.com, their number one prediction for the 2020 offseason is, and I quote, the Blue Jays will blow your mind. And they're flirting with them getting Trevor Bauer and getting Lindor. So, oh. I mean, the expectations are pretty high, but bear in mind, these are bold predictions and they hardly are ever correct. But yeah. as we discussed last week, the Blue Jays are in prime position and it's getting out there now. This is oh, now yes. a narrative for for multiple blog sites, multiple news outlets and the Blue Jays and the fan base rather is that they have money to spend and they are in a prime financial position stronger and more robust than pretty much any other team. So swing for the fences. Let's go. Game on, fellas. So I guess we'll just spin this into the next piece of that topic, which you already, you know, segue points. Um <laughs> The spending rumors are not going away, and if anything, they're only catching steam. Like, this is now a freight train running away with these rumors, and like you mentioned with the Lindor thing, there is also the rumor that apparently Nolan Arenado is being possibly shopped. Oh, we didn't call that one. Like, literally almost like a year to the fucking day, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, um, things like this are only picking up, and we've talked about on this show at length for the free agent market, but... Do you think, between the two of you, that they will make this giant impact via the free agents market or they do it through a trade? I'm leaning in the direction that the trade market is going to be more fruitful than going after somebody like Bauer. I don't have any issue with that, with it being you know, a free agent signing. You give up less, but then you also give up in future draft picks. But there is a lot of log jams in various places through the Blue Jays minor league system. This might be the time to clean house and get that major league ready for the team that we need right now to win. So, Adam, what do you think? Um, I think that you're spot on that the most likely route that they're going to take is the trade route. Um, right now, given the COVID situation, given that the border is uh, still a huge question mark in terms of provisions to cross, um, that might turn players off. Um, I don't know, Brendan, you can speak to this more than anybody. I don't know how strong or how weak the Canadian dollar is as a result of uh, the pandemic. I'm sure it's been hit. It's been hit in America, too. So um, the way I see is I should have made this clear when we talked about Bauer. I don't think they're going to sign him. I think he's going elsewhere. I think he's just trolling. Um, And with every free agent that goes elsewhere, 
I think the Blue Jays are going to be even more aggressive and willing to go for a trade route and to make a big splash. They're going to find teams that have been hurt by the uh, by the pandemic in terms of payroll, and they're going to say, hey, we can take this big guaranteed contract that you have off of your hands, and you might not even have to give up as much as you would in a regular season because maybe teams are just looking for financial relief right now, more yeah. than prospects, right? Um, obviously, you're going to have to give up something for a high-level player, but maybe not as much as previous years you would have. So I expect the Blue Jays to be particularly aggressive in the in the trade route, and I hope that they are. And uh, I don't know. We all know that the border thing, it's an issue until it's not, right? It, it, it Just customs in general or whatnot. We still don't know where the Blue Jays are going to play. Is it going to be Buffalo? Okay, well, if it's going to be Buffalo, is there going to be minor league baseball? There's a whole litany of things. But right now, their best possible route of success is the trade route. Brandon, yeah. your two cents? Yeah, no, I agree. And I do expect that, too. I mean, in addition to Arenado, um, I think it was Tom Verducci who put out a piece or contributed to a piece of bold predictions that even Trevor Story could be had uh, at the right price. Now, again, it's a bold prediction, but no player is untouchable uh, for the right price. And, man, if you can have a guy like Trevor Story who has less guaranteed money than Nolan Arenado does over the next few years, I would pay a lot to get Trevor Story. Um, if it is Nolan Arenado, and I know we discussed this on our pod whenever we did the Nolan Arenado trade talk, but if you take all that money and the Rockies get little help from the Blue Jays in covering some of that salary, you have to throw in Jermon Marquez, the starter, because that is exactly who uh, the, he fits the mold of what they're looking for. A guy who's young, uh, I think he's 26 or 27. He's still under club control for the next two years, and he's an ace-level pitcher. Guy, just you go. I think he had 250 or 260 strikeouts in a little over 200 innings. He's a strikeout machine. So I do think they'll get very creative the trade route. And I texted you guys this on Sunday. Um, when uh, I got a DM from one of the guys on Twitter, I'm not going to say who, if it's real or whatever sure. it is, I, I kind of believe him. Uh, <laughs> but he said that um, the Blue Jays are going to be aggressive, is what he says. Uh, and that George is at the top of their list. Uh, so, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, if they do sign a game like Springer, be a lot of money. It would only be, I think, the second. Uh, nine-figure contract this organization's ever given out, so it seems unlikely, but you never know. Maybe Springer will come a little bit under nine figures, uh, given the uncertainty of the market and people not wanting to pay. So, yeah, he's a great player. (laughs) Are we sure? Yeah. Oh, I. Oh, because of the Astros. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. No, hundred percent. He had a good season. Uh, He did. Looking at his Fangraphs page. Uh, I'd be worried. I'd be worried about giving a big contract, but hey, if they're going to be that aggressive and sign the best, maybe the best position player on the market to fill one of your biggest needs, sign me up. Yeah. Me personally, I don't care who the hell comes from that team. If they had anything to do with those teams where they cheated, I'm not giving them a cent. Oh, I don't know. I I I I, I understand. <laughs> I get it. Um, mm-hmm. There's a huge moral gray area there, but let me ask you this. Put it this way. If Springer, this would never happen. This doesn't happen. <laughs> that's what this Springer, whole show is, is the yeah. what ifs. So just do it, man. <laughs> if you had a crystal ball and Springer guaranteed by signing him, we won a World Series, you'd still take that position? I wouldn't. 
I don't know if I could. I really don't. I can't oh, I take the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> on that team. I, I see. Here's the other part of that, though, Adam. I think we're making a World Series regardless. Oh, I do so. too. <laughs> I do too, but I want it now. <laughs> I get that. I'm not disproving that. I get that 110 million times over. I just can't reward somebody for being affiliated with that and then being such dicks after the fact. You know, Bregman and Altuve took the big brunt of that assault for the whole twenty, you know, the whole World Series thing and the trash cans and all that bullshit. George Springer was, if not anything, just as much in that same ballpark as anybody. Yeah. He's the guy that was full on brought up with this whole thing when it started. He was the guy who was on Sports Illustrated, everything. So to me that he's the poster child of everything that went wrong in Houston, regardless right. of the Altuve and Bregman thing. Right. And then the fact that I'm just going to say this, fuck you, Tigers, for signing Hinch. Oh, <laughs> Guy doesn't even deserve a job, and neither does Cora. I don't, Yo, speaking I of signings, La Russa to the White Sox? That is weird. <laughs> I, that one I don't get at all, because I don't know if you about, but you guys still think about this. We got the same kind of team going on. Are you really going to bring somebody in that veteran when they don't yeah. even know what freaking like, Twitter is that we're broadcasting on right now to a room full of kids? <laughs> would you trust Cito with the Blue Jays right now? I wouldn't. Yeah. As much yeah. as I would love to, it's a, it's a pure nostalgia thing. I really wouldn't even think it's anything right. other than that. So, unless they wanted to completely ditch the analytics thing and go completely old school baseball, which is maybe what the White Sox are thinking, boys. But I just don't see that. I the way I see it with Larusa thing, you guys know this. He more or less swooped swooped in and became the co GM with freaking Dave Stewart in Arizona. Right. What has that yeah. team done in three the last three years? Nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like a control freak, and he, isn't he the one that pretty much ran Colby Rasmus out of yep. St. Louis? Yeah, yeah. And Although he's also not very favorable to players expressing themselves via bat flips and people celebrating on mounds. And you have Tim Anderson, the guy who's like the poster boy outside of Fernando Tatis Jr. for doing bat flips and showing up pitchers and everything like that, which you should go 100% do. I don't see any issue with it. And apparently, Tony Larusa said when he got asked about it, "Well, that." It's done now. I'm the manager. Figure it out. So who knows? I think it'll backfire. I really do. I think. Yeah, I do. It's a shame too because that team was up and coming and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the main part of the idea. Oh yeah. Sorry. (laughs) It's good for us, right? Exactly. So, Brendan, did you answer the trade market free agency thing? Yep. Okay, I couldn't remember who which one of you. (laughs) We digressed. We kind of went like from here to hmm? Tony Larusa. <laughs> so the next thing, boys, going back to actual Blue Jays stuff, um, Vladdy is apparently allegedly in his best shape of his life already at the age <laughs> of what, 21? <laughs> I hope he's in his best shape. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he has uh, dropped 12, 13 pounds, I think they said today, and actually wants to play third base again. Uh, Brendan, I believe it's your turn to lead off with this one. Yeah, hey, I mean, if he gets in better shape, uh, it should help his hitting. Uh, we dissected that quite a few episodes ago, so I won't get into it again. But uh, <laughs> j- just with the mechanics and everything, it, it should help him improve. Uh, could sw- uh, speed up his bat, let him use his back back leg to drive um, a- a- and elevate balls more than he has been doing. And it will help his conditioning long term. If he wants to go back and play third base, um, I think they should be open to it. Uh, maybe they can sign or trade for a first base slash DH, then you move Vlad to third. Or if you do get a third baseman like Arenado, Vlad stays at first. So 
it just opens up a whole bunch of different possibilities. And look, the photos that he's posted, it's pretty noticeable. I know it's only 12 pounds, but 12 pounds can look pretty good when it's shed off of a human being pretty quick. So, especially when the camera adds 30, right? Oh, exactly. (laughs) He's putting in the work, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's lost 12 already, considering that the season finished a month and a week ago for the Blue Jays. Then imagine what he can do when he comes into spring training. Maybe he could be down 25 uh, or 30 uh, or whatever. So, it's great, great to see him putting in the work. Yeah. I think that, you know, given the fact that this has been an issue for a little bit, I I remember hearing that, you know, ever since he was called up, his conditioning was questionable. Um, Not to say that he wasn't working hard, but I do think that the stature was something that wasn't lost on the front office in terms of something that needs some improvement. Um, Entering this offseason to his admission, or rather entering into spring training 2.0 to his admission. Vlad said he wasn't in the best of shape. He was ill-prepared, and uh, he's taking responsibility for it, which I appreciate. At the same time, this is a game of earning it. You know, your your name cloud alone and your lineage doesn't grant you anything. Um, so I think he's lost the right just to declare third base is mine. Uh, you have to earn it. I want to see you earn it. And if you can play third base adequately and have the mobility to play it at an above average level. It doesn't have to be elite, but it has to be better than what you were doing because, again, his rookie year, I'll give him some slides, but him at third base wasn't the greatest. Um, If he can play it at an above average level because of his strength and conditioning or a result of it, um, sure, then you've earned the right to play third base. But if someone like Arenado is on the table, uh, no, you're not playing third base. Eight consecutive gold gloves. Yeah, Just you're saying. not. Yeah, you're not playing third base, buddy. I'm sorry. And and kind of like what we were talking about with Bull Bichette, you know, shifting him to third if it meant getting a player that could provide you with some um, upper level talent. Vlad should have the same attitude, right? If we can get a third baseman that is better defensively at the position, I, I'm not there yet that uh, Arenado's ceiling is. Well, maybe it is just as high as Vlad's. I'm not sure in terms of offense. I'm not yeah. quite sure. But, you know, if if Bo has that same attitude, I would expect Vlad to have that same attitude and say, fuck it, we're winning games. I'll just play first base. Yeah, I think right now that's the general ballpark of pretty much this team in general, yeah. I think. Especially when I'm all being young kids. You're talking guys that haven't been playing in the show for three years. How much have you really earned? Right. So, other than maybe your spot in the lineup. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Spot in the field can be negotiable. So I want to bring this up, too, because in the midst of this conversation, we've had a few people chime in um, out of the almost 100 people we've already got listening tonight. Um, Some, you know, wonderful fun with where we're going with this conversation. If Laddie ends up moving back to third base and you now create a hole at first base, does the Blue Jays go after DJ LeMahieu to possibly play first base and have that bat in the lineup? Do we have another one? Where's Rowdy? I'm just saying yeah. Rowdy's probably DH anyways, right? So if you got somebody like LeMahieu coming in, or do you just throw a brick of money at LeMahieu anyway and find a place to put him? I, I, I'm iffy on LeMahieu, guys. I really am. Somebody posted his Fangraphs page um, from this past season, and he wasn't much below league average um, away from Yankee Stadium. I think his uh, way to runs created plus was like 97, 96. Uh, okay. It's still decent. It's only four points below league average. Uh, but 
when you look at how he did at Yankee Stadium, it's like way up here. Uh, and he had very similar numbers at Col- in Colorado, too. So I would be cautious about DJ LeMayhew. Um, I really would. That fangrass projection of four years, $67 million, like that seems like a lot yeah, uh, no. for this team to spend. Like if it's two years or maybe three um like 45 or something like that then sure why not but four years i'm not sure if i want to lock into four years of dj and he's getting older isn't he isn't he in his 30s already i believe he's 32 i think yeah. <laughs> i'll look it up so i i'd be iffy on dj i wouldn't be upset he's been great the last few years with the 32. yankees um 32. Yeah, he's getting up there so um just be careful what you wish for is all i'll say yeah, I want I want a full 162 over. Speaking of there earning things, he's earned spot on this roster. Again, mm-hmm. I keep going back to this because it stands out in my mind. I talked about this heading into the season about how he needs to prove it or he's trade bait. And even though I do think he'd make a nice trade chip with the year he had, you get to sell high candidate. Um, if not, he's earned the right to go out there and claim first base and say, if. If Vladdy is, if you are going to move Vladdy to third, the first base is mine. Who who else is going to take it? Yeah. And given how fluid they are with DH, we've seen this. You know, I think it was. Who, did they put panic at oh, DH yeah. one game? Yeah, the, I don't care about DH <laughs> at this point. They can be filled with anybody. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Fill it with anybody you want. Like Tay Oscar could probably use a couple days at DH just so he's he's healthy and stays fresh. Um, I think Rowdy has earned the right to claim first base and say, no, this is my position because he's hit so well. And that's what you primarily need a first baseman to do, especially one built like him. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I'm not really interested in filling the whole first base out. So it's a substantial upgrade. And again, yeah. we don't know what the upgrade would, would be in comparison to Rowdy because he was just starting to break out. Yeah, and the whole LeMahieu thing. To, just remember this: when the Yankees signed him, they thought he was going to be a utility guy that was going to bat 300. Yeah, and just played a bunch of places all over the field. They thought he was going to play a couple of corner outfield spots, up the second base, third base, first base, whatever. And he just was too good to take out of the lineup every day. <laughs> all yeah. of a sudden, I to me, it never doubts to me that um, LeMahieu is going to flirt with 300. I really don't. I to way he just his bat to ball skills are pretty damn solid. The thing that surprised me, it kind of left Coors Field and got more power. How yeah. the fuck does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something, it's the launch angle, whatever, the short porches in Yankee Stadium, which he would still have if he was playing the American League East with the Blue Jays. So that's not too big of a loss. But I just, I don't see where he fits in because I don't see the point where I'm ever going to move Biggio full-time to third base like we talked about a few times to make him, LeMahieu, be your second baseman. I don't think he profiles as an all-day, every-day first baseman. Right. So... I, I agree with you guys that Rowdy right now, if you're talking about who is the actual first base of this team, I think it's Rowdy Telez because I really think that Vlad is going to be in this weird limbo unless he does run into spring training in the best shape of his life and steals <laughs> third base. And I really think that this team could be beneficial with Biggio and Bichette up the middle with all kinds of range and having Rowdy and Vlad on the corners. And I don't think that'd be the worst thing in the world because a healthy in shape, Vlad Jr. has a rifle for a fucking arm at third base. That makes up yeah. for a lot of that range that he didn't have. And watching him in the minor leagues, that was all day, every day, just watching him rifle everything, and it was great. So we'll see if that translates. But I'm also going to make the prediction later that we're going to have a new third baseman anyway. So nope. <laughs> yeah. this conversation might be moot. <laughs> all right. 
The other thing that one of our fans pointed out, Brendan, to your point on your uh, Trevor Story lost, apparently he's a free agent after next season. Ah, uh, okay. So if you were going to go for somebody and it was going to be a Rocky, this team has no payroll. Why not just throw it all at freaking Nolan Arenado and get it over with? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. But there's that opt-out with him. That's the catch. Right. I'm, I, again, like if, if everybody's on the Lindor train and he only has one exactly. year, so why not go for Trevor Story? Um, and you same still idea. have the chance, right? It's the exact same idea and premise. So if you're in the Lindor camp, there should be no reason why if you can't get Lindor that you don't call the Rockies and be like, hey, we'll offer you a nice package for Story. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so I agree with you 110 billion times over. <laughs> so, a lot of um, times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all, ty- all kinds of times. Yeah. Like, so... Got my back, man. <laughs> <laughs> go. So anyway, as far as all the fun goes, let's talk the rest of the fun here this evening. We already talked about some of these what ifs and what could happen scenarios. Um, twenty twenty one projections are already out on fan graphs for the steamer projections. Fellas, looking through these stats, there's some good tickups here with some of the you know players. I'm gonna let you guys dive into whoever you would like to dive into in this conversation. I'm pretty sure you got it open, right? You looking at it? Yeah, okay. I got it. All right. Um, but then there's one I want to talk about first. Apparently, they don't think Teoscar Hernandez is for real. I we talked about it on this show at pretty good length. Um, I forget whose turn it is, but one of you gentlemen run off. Do you think that Teoscar Hernandez's projections look in the 240? ballpark with 30 home runs and about 88 RBIs. That seems a little light after what I remember seeing from him this year when he batted like almost 300, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think they're taking into the account, this is obviously with the full 162, they have him projected at 147. Um, He did prior to this season have a high strikeout rate and you know, 60 games is it a large enough sample size for me to sort of mitigate that and shrink it? And if you stretch, you know, what we have seen from Teoscar Hernandez throughout a full 162, I think it will be higher than this, but I'm not, I don't think he's going to bat 300. If anything, I think you can boost that average up maybe like 260, 265 and crank those other ones up a couple of percentage points too. But I think this is, this is very conservative for yeah. a, a, a prediction for him. I expect higher, but I'm not I'm not sort of outraged by it. I get the rationale. Yeah. yeah. Brandon? No, I do too. And I, I think looking at, they, they, they believe, I don't think they're truly believed in the breakout that he had this year because they project him to strike out almost 200 times. That's a lot of strikeouts. There um, is that. So <laughs> maybe... Maybe they're thinking, you know what, he had himself a fantastic season uh, in 60 games or however many he played. Um, you can have that kind of a hot streak uh, or two months that you put together uh, during a full 162. So my guess is that they're just be like, well, let's just see it play out with a lot more season and a lot more at-bats and seeing a lot of different players coming at you. I don't think he'll have that high uh, a strikeout total. I think that's aggressive. Yeah. Almost I think, it's bad. I think his approach this year was a lot better, regardless. And even totally. though, like you said, sixty games conservative, yes. But. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it is. will strike out maybe one hundred and twenty-five to one hundred and fifty times, which is still getting up there. But I mean, if they have him at thirty-one dingers and, and eighty-eight RBIs, um, they only have him at a one point uh, war on Fangraphs. I think a lot of that is the defense. 
as bringing him down. But, you know, if he does cut down on the strikeouts, he raised the average and the OBP a little bit. Uh, that weighted runs create a plus that they uh, project at 109. That could get upwards of where they have Bichette and Rowdy and, and, and maybe not as high as Vlad, but it could get up there. Um, it's good to see that there's so many above average hitters uh, that they're projecting on these things. Uh, to have 10 guys or nine, uh, not including Alejandro Kirk, uh, to be projected at over 100 um, on the WRC plus metric, that's a great sign that they are believing this team is rounding a corner. Yeah. So I want to point out one thing to you guys, and I'm sure you've seen it. So Teoscar Hernandez played 50 games this year and had 289, 16 home runs, 34 RBIs. Hell of a old school stat line right there. Yeah. Yeah. So if you roll in his second half of 2019, that adds you another 62 games. So that's 120, no. 112, I think. Yeah, 112, because I have short. Anyway. Yeah. He batted 259 with 18 home runs and 38 RBIs after having a horrid first half of 2019. Bet a 204. (laughs) So you're talking more or less a good chunk of time, I think, there. Is there over 100 games where we kind of saw that what we were talking about there with the 270 ballpark? Mm. And I think those home runs and RBIs with the guys around him are going to be in that right where they're probably saying. I, 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 if I, I find it hard to believe he's going to bat 240. Yeah. So, uh, just me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, also, we've touched on this before, and I don't know how it, they sort of analyze these projections in terms of um, predictions when it comes to lineup construction. Maybe they are that in-depth, but we've seen that Montoya, we've talked about it, likes to screw around with the lineups and bat people in all different ways, and that could throw off someone's rhythm. And if Take that's taken to this man. account, I can totally see Teoscar being forced into some sort of unnecessary slump. Yeah. And in the midst of that, I really think, going forward, guys, here, how is he not just like the all-day, every-day cleanup hitter after last season? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I find that hard to believe that he's not going to be, but we'll see what happens. But talking about the stuff that Brendan was just going into here, the rest of this team projects out really nicely. And we got um, more or less nine guys. On the, hit, on the offensive side of the ball, projected as you know, way above replacement, or at least one above replacement. That was the one that surprised me. Tay Oscar is the one that's one win above yeah. replacement. <laughs> so it's projecting that our best player is in accordance to war, Boba Shot. Shocked yeah. or not? <laughs> not at all. But when you look at it, our best offensive player, however, Vlad Jr. and I'm surprised after the season and the you know the more or less tenure of Vlad Jr. so far in the majors that they're projecting him to be in that 299 ballpark, 31 home runs and 99 RBIs, just under 100. They didn't want to go there. They didn't want to call him triple digits like they did in his rookie season. <laughs> but are you guys surprised with how that laid out? Because obviously Bubba Shett's defense plays in a lot more to his WAR than uh, Vlad Jr.'s. Yeah, yeah, but I guess. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I'm not surprised by how that played out. Like Vlad, if he does play third, even if he does play first, um, he will have that <laughs> the defensive aspect of it taken uh, taken away from his overall war. The dog's He's very upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perks about being on camera is we get to see some of this stuff. Live board in household. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm not at all. And look, we said we've said this 
um, multiple times the last year, even year and a half. Um, Bo probably for his career will post a better F four uh, because he has that defense uh, and that defensive aspect uh, with it. So no, I'm not surprised. It's just nice to see that there is a projection that is say, yep, Vlad, this is finally going to be his breakout year because that will finally silence everybody who's freaking out, be like, oh, is he going to be a, is he a bust? No, chill. Like we still got, uh, he hasn't even played a full season of the bigs yet. So the fact that they're buying it. uh, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. That's so sad. (laughs) See, I told you she's all sad. (laughs) Oh my God. I totally forgot about that. Cause I, you know, the last time that one of the last times we actually got to go to a ball game, Brendan was Vladdy night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was at the end of april oh god yeah that yeah. is what it is but yeah of course there are we all solid points brendan and i'm not taking it what stands out to me is bobachet is projected with three triples and the only other person that is projected with three triples is vladdy what is what, this what? <laughs> how is that possible in the fact that he hits the ball too damn hard. He can't run that fast. Oh my God. <laughs> Both of them are tied for the highest projected triple in, in on the team. Best wow. shape of his life right yeah, there. I guess so. On paper. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, hey, if, if he's if he's hitting triples, sign me the fuck up. But look, I, <laughs> when it comes to Bo, it's not lost on any of us here that he is the best pl- all-around player on the team. And we've said it that this is his team – Blue Jays would be smart to build around him. Um, having the highest war on the team obviously makes sense to me. Um, we were surprised that the Blue Jays were able to keep their heads above water with without him in you know that shortened season to make a playoff run. Um, I think this is going to be a statement season for Bo, given the fact that we're hoping that's a whole 162. Um, my expectations for Bo are higher than they are for Vlad. Um, because I want to see, I want to see the start of superstardom when it comes to Bo. And maybe this is sort of runs counter to what you were saying, Brendan. And I certainly don't mean it to. Um, I do not think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a bust, but I do think that it's fair to wonder if he's going to be a superstar in this league. I, t- I'm still a believer that he will, but I am almost certain that Bo will. And I want to see that sort of blossom and be and you know unfold before our eyes right away. And if Vladdy is able to do it in the same season, this team is going to be very fun to watch. But yeah. right now, my eyes are set on Bobuchet because I think he's just he is special to watch. Yeah, I agree. I'll give you the um, the fun here. You know, I got a good analogy. Bobuchet right now is the instant coffee. I have the product. I'm enjoying it. It's good to go. <laughs> Both uh, Vlad Jr. right now is a slow burn. I got, you know, like I'm, I got the nice fine cigar, you know, I'm just yes. gonna, it's, gonna, it's, I'm, I'm getting going with it, Pull, you know, getting a good draw. And then all of a sudden, oh, here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's where we're at when I, I would not be shocked that if this year was Vlad's, the starting of the, what we are expecting. I really think we saw the bat, the ball skills come alive more at the end of the season. I really think if he is in better shape, that the ball is going to carry a little bit better. The guy's got one of the best exit velocities in baseball, but the problem is he's drilling ants, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so, he is. That's going to change. There's going to be something figured out, and then all of a sudden there's going to be an ungodly, um, you know, offensive outpour. So yeah. I'm surprised, Mr. Corsair. I'm going to go right back to you with this one. 
Sure. Your shot, you didn't blow up the fact that they only said your boy Biggio is going to bat 237. <laughs> <laughs> they I can't, walk I can't like just talk about him every time. Yes. Like a machine. <laughs> 95 walks they got him projected at. But I think the rest of those offensive numbers look a little slacking too, other than the home runs. I was really kind of pegging him for a 20 home run 80 RBI season if he can continue on the projecting that he's on right now because I would think he's going to be ballpark in 270, 280 in a mm. real season of baseball where he can find some consistency because I think that is where Bobby, or Kevin Biggio really can uh, you know grind things out is when he actually gets nice, straight, consistent at-bats. I saw it in New Hampshire. We're going to see it in the near future, I think, in the Blue Jay uniform. Yeah, uh, look, the war is nice, almost three games. Um, I'll take that from Kevin. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, I do expect the average just to creep up just a little bit, not substantially. Um, I think 250 might be a ceiling for 2021, and that's really good. That's what you want from a guy like him. Especially if he's – I anticipate that he'll bat lead off unless – we get someone like Lindor or something. We'll see. Well, but, like uh, Brendan said, he hasn't played. He hasn't played a full season yet. That, <laughs> that's true. You know, twenty home runs is what he's projected for. I can see him creeping up to uh, like eighty RBIs. I can totally see that too, depending on what the what the players behind him do. Um, but then again, if he is batting at the top of the order, he might not have the opportunity to drive uh, guys in, depending on how bad the bottom of the order is. And again, if uh, Charlie wants to fuck around with the lineup maybe he will get those opportunities i'm not sure but we driving um, in kirk all the time according to this there you go yeah <laughs> you could you could assuming he gets the third which again he's uh he's projected for how many triples just one okay no, <laughs> yeah that one's normal <laughs> that's true but no i i think this is fair again i think it's a little conservative and i don't want to have my my man crush monday here inflated when it comes to my analysis of biggio so i'll i'll say this is there. I anticipate a little bit more, but not substantially more because sort of like Vlad, I do think Kevin's a slower burn. Um, although I think he's an incredible player, I, uh, I'm i hard-pressed to say that he's going to reach superstardom as well. I think Zobris is his ceiling, which is great. I yeah. think that's fantastic. And no one would ever not want to have Ben Zobris in his prime on, on their team. I mean, Anthopolis was chasing him when he went to Kansas City. Um, so I, I do think he's also a slow burn, like I said, and I think eventually we'll see him break out, but I don't see 2021 to be that year quite yet, although I do think he's going to have a solid year. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with anything you said. I mean, we've seen – from the sample sizes that we've gotten of Kevin last year. He is a guy who will strike out a lot. He is a guy who will walk a lot. He's one of those weird guys who can Great have man. a very good eye at the plate, yeah. but at the same time strike out a lot. The only area of concern I have is he does have to figure <laughs> out <laughs> he does have to figure out how to hit the uh, fastball, the elevated fastball. People are getting him out that way easily with velocity upper in the zone. If he can figure that one out a little bit more. I think he can get to 250, maybe even flirt with 270. And I agree with you, Adam. I don't think Kevin will ever reach superstardom. I think he will flirt with being a star and have some all-star appearances mixed in with his career. There'll be probably more where he's not an all-star, but maybe two seasons, maybe three seasons uh, where he is an all-star, where he gets in uh, a few different times. So uh, Kevin is to Bo and Vlad, if they all play out the way that we think they will 
that really good third piece, kind of yeah. like how the Jays had Bautista, Donaldson, and then Edwin. Even though Edwin was fantastic, he was always third fiddle to those two guys. And I, I see that playing out with these guys, where Bo is Donaldson. Uh, hopefully Vlad can be like Bautista. Uh, and I don't think it's too far-fetched. I think that Vlad, maybe, when his eye develops a little bit more, walk more than he strikes out like Bautista did. And then if Kevin can come close to being how Edwin did, then you're you're off and flying, man. You really are. So I want to I, I agree with you on the analogy there, but I almost wonder how much that um Biggio is gonna get lost in the shovel to the other person I'm gonna bring up here in a moment if you know, assuming certain articles don't come to fruition that we're dangling them. <laughs> Which I think is stupid. But think of all the teams when we were we should have been playoff teams, guys. Kevin Biggio just spells Aaron Hill to me all day. Every really? Day. Ooh. I, I, he can play a few different positions. He has some great pop in the bat. But I think Biggio's ceiling is a little higher, closer to the silver slugger Aaron Hill versus the kind of what we saw drop off a little bit too quick, I think. Or somebody that's just a key guy on a many teams, similar to Tony Fernandez was for years for us. He wasn't the guy up in front doing all the stuff that you would expect him to do, but he is doing his job amazingly behind the Alomar, Olerud, the Whamco. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I really think that Vigio is going to get lost in the shuffle, and I think the guy that pushes him back even one step further in the Edwin Bautista, Donaldson thing, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Yeah. And guys, looking at this projection here, I think they actually hit Lourdes Gurriel Jr. for a 146-game season. Um, pretty damn spot on here. I wouldn't be shocked that he does this all day, every day, batting 270, hits 29 home runs, which could become 30 in like two seconds, the way he gets hot, and pushing 100 RBIs with 91. That sounds kind of what I was expecting for a full game of uh, Loris Gurriel Jr. What do you guys think? Yeah, Brennan? yeah I, I, I do agree with that. Lourdes is an interesting case because I do feel that he could be dangled. I really do. Uh, but at the same time, he's so cheap and that contract is so good. That why he's so good. Guy, <laughs> right? And this has been said by many people. They think that Lourdes can flirt with 30 home runs in a season. Um, and just looking at it now, they have him down for, what is it? They just went away 29 uh, with 91 RBIs. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. And the fact that he's grown so much over the last few years, especially defensively, uh, from being shifted around, from, he played a little bit of first base back in 2019, he played some second base, uh, third base, and then finally he's made his home in the outfield and is up for a gold glove, which is insane enough as it is. Um, I think he can grow with his bat, too. And he was always a bat-first guy, so the fact that the defense has come um, is a huge plus. And I do think that Lourdes, kind of like Kevin, uh, has a few all-star appearances sprinkled around uh, in his career. I really do. So it'd be tough if there's a really good offer on the table where you're getting a piece or two and one of them is very controllable. I think you got to entertain it. Uh, but then you're just taking away from the position that's starting to become strength. So that just seems counterintuitive. Yeah. I do think uh, that Lourdes is definitely the the one that you would dangle to because teams we've been talking about payroll and flexibility teams would be able to take on that contract because it's so good for a player that's so productive. 
that runs counterintuitive to how I feel the Blue Jays operate when it comes to controlling costs and having just control in general. But also, you know, just X's and O's, outfield is a, a, a position, rather, or three positions that we don't really have substantial depth in. Um, I don't know that you can just slide in Jonathan Davis and say, okay, problem solved. Here you go. Yeah. Um, and They're again, the hole, right? <laughs> yeah, depending on what you're going to do with in terms of trades or free agent acquisitions, if you're if it's going to be difficult to acquire a substantial outfielder, especially for left field, I just say keep him there. And I, I wouldn't even dangle him. I think he's productive with this team. I think he has chemistry with this team. Um, I, I, I think he's a solid player. Um, I'm hard pressed to get rid of him, mostly because of the production and the contract. Um, and again, the the scarcity of the position. So I, I just can't see them moving off of them. And that kind of a stat line doesn't really make me feel, you know, any worse or anything about it. I think it's spot on, like you guys have saying, have been saying. I think this is exa- exactly what you should anticipate when it comes to someone like Guriel. And I'm fine with it. I I, I pers- I know it's it's out there. People think that he's going to be traded. I just don't see it. It doesn't make much sense to me in terms of the position, really, at all. If an outfielder is getting dangled, I would assume it is the gentleman that I'm going to bring up next, and it will be Randall Grichuk. Yes. <laughs> so, also a guy that's, in all reality, not too expensive. And he's major league ready. And from the uh, stat line you're looking at here, yeah, it's about, I'll say, atypical for, for Randall Grichuk. 32 home runs would be the big standout stat. Um, pushing 80 RBIs, but batting 246 with a ton of Ks. <laughs> yeah. According to this, he will be the third-ranked strikeout player on the Blue Jays. Sound only, familiar? only, only behind Teoscar Hernandez and oddly enough, Kevin Biggio. Which it's I like think we had a. <laughs> it's like we had a center fielder before that did almost the exact same thing. It's weird. <laughs> I think he's a free agent now. Should we get him back? <laughs> no. I'm sure, there'd be people who'd love that. <laughs> yeah. So, but honestly, in all reality, if you end up trading Grichik, you're still going to have a hole. So maybe that would be not the worst of things, right? If you were getting that pitcher in return, at least he knows the city and all that kind of stuff. But I won't go on to Kevin Pillar. <laughs> right. But guys, um, along with Grichik, um, they have a pretty sizable late, uh, season here from Rowdy to Les. I think we knew what we were going to get with Grichik, so I'm just going to continue on. You good? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a Randall Grichik stat line. Yeah. yeah, that is very Randall Grichik. So they are projecting that Roddy Telez is going to play in 125 ball games. Um, it's showing that his defense is pretty sluggish, so I'm guessing that they're thinking that he's going to be the all-day, every-day first baseman. Yep. And in all reality, guys, this is what I think he would have done this year if it was a full season. Just under 260. 25 home runs, 76 RBIs. You got to think he's going to be batting in that fifth or sixth spot with all these guys that we have. Just because he's left-handed and can thump, you know, we got a lot of right-handed bats on this team. <laughs> so, yeah, Adam, what do you think? Here's what jumped out to me, and I just sort of thought of this and analyzing. I don't know why Rowdy brought it up to me, but are they assuming Toronto? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because if they're not, that. if they're assuming Buffalo, everyone's home run total is going up. Yeah. All these numbers are going up. Be the easy, right? 
you know, he is not hitting 25 home runs if he's in Buffalo. He's hitting more, more like 35, and that's not hyperbole. I, I, yes. Yeah, and I everyone's if offensive. Words don't change. I would be shocked if it, we were, we talked about that recently too. That um, it looks like the Blue Jays' most likely home would be just be to continue playing in Buffalo at Salem Field, just right. because of the proximity to everything. And if there are going to be any fact, like if for some reason the border doesn't open up, and we are allowed to even go to two percent of people at a ball game, that could still allow things to happen in Buffalo, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> and in all reality, even with all things going back up and getting horrible again as we all get shut in for the winter, um, things in western New York here have not gone bonkers yet. So that would be maybe a realistic idea, but in all reality, I agree with you. It's easy right now. If he was going to get home runs, he, he loves that ballpark. He yeah. said it a million times over. <laughs> Every interview, it seemed like. Wasn't he the one that said the Yankees need to deal with it? I played here yes. for how many years or yeah. something? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, Kevin said it. But look, even if if they don't stay in Buffalo and after spring training, assuming that's happening as you know it has been, and they stay in Dunedin, he's still hitting over 25 home runs, right? He, he's going to hit way more than that. And RBIs are probably going to crank up as a result. Hits obviously will crank up as a result. I can't see... I, I, look, I'm going to be if we're going to talk about destinations for the Blue Jays. I'd say half the season at least they'll play in a different uh, ballpark. And then the second half of the season, maybe after the All-Star break, assuming things calm down, the border uh, provisions might open up a little bit and they'll go back to Toronto. Maybe at that point, these numbers might match it. But again, if they're going to play half a season in either Buffalo or Dunedin, would it surprise you if he had 25 home runs just there? In the first half, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Honestly, it wouldn't. The guy gets yeah. on tears, it wouldn't be shocking. Yeah. In a smaller field. Yeah, that's true. And if they do play there, plus even the Rogers Center is very hitter-friendly too. A lot of balls go out there, especially once the roof opens for the first time. So, yeah, I, if, he, if he is, if they do play in Buffalo, I'd expect him to get off to a hot start. He could flirt with an all-star appearance. I know I've said that with a lot of guys, but... It's true. There are a lot of guys on this team where if they do break out in 2021, uh, there's going to be cases uh, to be made for them to be all-stars. And Rowdy could be one of those um, if they do play in Buffalo. I think even if they play in Toronto for the full season, which, you know, one good good news today was that the Canadian government released a framework for who's going to get vaccinated first. So they're prepping for that. So I'm guessing they're thinking that something's coming somewhat soon on the vaccine front. And they added... Uh, or they purchased 100,000 uh, COVID rapid result tests. So nice. the yeah, I saw I, yeah, so the idea is if you land at an airport in Canada, you get your rapid test, you test negative the first time, you only have to quarantine for seven days instead of 14. Um, and if you test negative the second time, you're good to go. That's enough for a homestand. Uh, it could be. Um, so there are some positive signs moving towards maybe sports being able to play in Toronto. I don't think the Raptors will to start. Um, I don't know about the Leafs unless they do that Canadian division thing that they're talking about with all seven teams. But I do think the Blue Jays have the best chance to maybe play their season uninterrupted in Toronto and maybe even in front of like 20% capacity at the Rogers Center. So we'll see. Yeah, I think Rowdy could be in line for a big year. I really do. Mask up and it'll be good, right? (laughs) So... One thing I was surprised, guys, they actually have a 20 home runs season projected for Travis Shaw. And unless we actually are going to be using him at third base, 
how does that happen even i know his, the rest of this doesn't shock me that he's batting like 220 but <laughs> yeah i just don't see where he even fits in because i feel like they're actively shopping for somewhere to you know replace him more or less in this lineup um the rest of this gets down into danny jansen actually i would say having a salvageable year as a catcher offensively uh just under 240 with where i lost it 12 home runs 43 rbis that's more than this year yeah <laughs> i'll take it so yeah especially when you don't think that kirk's gonna run in and t- steal a job right off the bat that seems pretty I would say yeah. that, that, that that's at least showing us that we actually have something, you know, cooking. And they're clearly they are completely bought into his defense, saying that because he's going to have a two point one WAR yeah. and he's batting two two forty. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're saying that he's ready to keep catching for the Blue Jays all day, every day. Oh, totally. And even if he bumps his average up a little bit, maybe pops in a few more home runs than that projection, he could get close to three wins behind the plate and. That's starting to get into Russell Martin territory with his uh, tenure with the Blue Jays. I forget what it was the first season he was here. I know it was high, uh, but I think subsequent seasons he was back down around the three-win mark. And uh, I'll look at that. I'll look at that just to make sure that I'm not <laughs> spreading false information. Uh, but look, I really do think that Jansen. Um, I, 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 if, if he's another guy where it's just like, look. If you do get a call from the Rockies or you call the Rockies and they say you can have Trevor Story um, for a year and we need Danny Jansen back in return and we can fill in some other pieces. If Danny Jansen is one of the headline guys, I would entertain that. I think the only way I would entertain Anson Trade would be for Lindor or Trevor Story. Um, I don't think Arenado alone would make me want to do Danny Jansen for him. I need another piece there just based on how much money you're going to have to pay Arenado and the fact that he's getting a little bit older. Uh, but that being said, if they do trade him, I think that uh, uh, they will regret it because there is some stuff in that bat. There really is. And a lot of people are trying to sure Blue Jays fans realize that a lot of hard contact like Vlad that is just going right down into the ground. So you get that up there. I really think he could be in line for a breakout. Yeah, give him Reese McGuire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep him out of Tampa. Um, you know, I, I just think that with, with Danny Jansen, this is a huge prove it year for him. This is absolutely crucial for him to start off successful. Um, the one gripe I have with this on sort of a, a related note, I don't see Kirk getting 52 games. I really don't. I, I'm not. I, so in that aspect, I think Danny Jansen's game total projections, I think this is a little low. I think it would be a little bit higher depending on if they do sign another free agent catcher or trade for one, which I think that is also an area of need that they need to entertain. Um, so trading away Jansen, you have to have something in the works. Something needs to be or either already done or on the move to to make uh, Jansen, quote unquote, disposable. So um, if this is a, a year based on just this prediction alone, um, I like it. I think that is quote unquote, a bounce back for him. Uh, I would be totally satisfied with this type of line from him, but I don't know. He, he sort of given that 60 game sample was low. There were portions of which that he struggled. I know we were so high on that grand slam that he hit and he needed that. But otherwise I didn't see enough from Danny Jansen to make me confident that he might be able to be part of this team long term. I know it's there. I know before Vladdy got called up, he was tearing it up in Buffalo at a 
ridiculous pace. So it might just be a confidence thing. It might be in between the ears. I know right before the season started, he got be with that coupled with COVID. Maybe there was a lot going on with him. I'll, I'll give him the headspace there. But otherwise, 2021, no more excuses, man. Put up or shut up. I need to see more from Danny Jansen. Totally. Game on. So before we go crazy with some off-season predictions here, they're saying our starting rotation is Hyunjin Ryu, Ross Stripling, <laughs> Tanner Roark, Trent Thornton, and Nate Pearson if the season started today according to these projections. And we're going to get some hefty workloads from TJ Zoik, Anthony Kay, Julian Merriweather, and Jordan Romano. Like to the point where it doesn't look like they're relievers almost with these innings ratings here so first off do you guys even ever see the fact that we're ever going to have ross stripling in this freaking rotation no (laughs) no no so if that being said i'd be even shocked going the next step further that we're somehow going to leave tanner roark's 5.34 era in this rotation for 153 (laughs) so but on the next piece of that, I am rather encouraged that we're going to get possibly eight wins over 135 innings from Nate Pearson. Mm. I find that a little rough that they're going to have to worry about giving almost five ERA from him, too. But are, is this Roy Holiday season one or all over again, I guess, is what they're worried about, maybe. But what do you guys think about that rotation? Give me your two cents other than what I just laid out. It's or incomplete. chime in. <laughs> it's incomplete. That's it. I I, I I do think they're going to be competitive with the offseason and with the free agents. I do think there's a high likelihood that Walker comes back. Um, I, I do think they're going to maybe chase after some arms. We were talking about Trevor Bauer. Um, that Nate Pearson line and projection, you guys might not like this. I don't think that's bold at all. That's You skip AAA. You don't have that time to pedigree yourself. I don't think that's bold at all. No. The thing that shocks me, though, is looking at that, his whip isn't horrible on this. It's 1.39, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like 10 point or ten decimal points above where they're thinking Reed is. Right. How do you have that big of an ERA when you're not letting guys on base? But right. I don't know. <laughs> this is why you have fun with numbers. <laughs> Brennan, so maybe they are projecting them being in Buffalo and he's just giving up a shit ton of home runs. <laughs> That's possible. That could be it, too. <laughs> we saw that a little bit this yeah. year. Uh, yeah, I, I think Adam hit the nail on the head. It's incomplete, that's for sure. I think it signals the need for clear upgrades uh, yeah. in the rotation. Look, if Ross Stripling um, is going to be getting 29 starts, I know they got him to be kind of like that swing man and maybe go into the rotation. The good thing in projections is it doesn't take into account anybody they could add uh, and push guys down. So they're just operating under the assumption of who they have in the roster now. Do I think Stripling will get 29 starts? I hope not. Do I think he'll get 10, maybe 15? Maybe. If he fills in for guys who get hurt throughout the year, I think that's inevitable. Um, He'll be kind of like Carlos Villanueva from back in 2011. There it is. Uh, (laughs) When when guys got... Yeah, they... Sorry, I throw like names. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's fun going back and looking at old names. But look, I really do think that Stripling can be like Carlos Villanueva, where he came in... Uh, when guys got hurt uh, from the bullpen, uh, and he kept you in games. And there was a little while there where I was really pining for them to keep Villanueva after uh, that first season of him starting like 19 or 20 games. He's good. 
Um, so if Stripling can do that uh, over like 15 starts, mixed in with some bullpen appearances and, and have a war, uh, or sorry, yeah, a war of 1.7. And if, even if his ERA is a little bit on the higher side, I think that gives you enough value right there. You're eating innings. Um, yeah. The only other thing I'll say is I don't think Tanner Roark is getting that many starts either. I really do think that he will open as the five. I think he could be swapped maybe potentially for Ross Stripling after a little while where Roark goes to be the long man for a little while and Stripling goes into the rotation if he's outperforming him. So there will be a lot of flip-flop there. I probably cut those projected starts for both of them in half, uh, and that's more in line with what I'm thinking there. But guys, it, it is clear that they need to make an addition, maybe even two to this rotation. And whether that's uh, trading for a guy, whether that's signing Taiwan Walker, uh, and then maybe maybe doing a little bit of dumpster diving and getting a guy like Corey Kluber, who's a big name, but is mm-hmm. kind of starting to be on the downswing of his career. Yeah, so, or Kevin Gosman, whoever it is, Oda Rizzi. Um, I think that's kind of in line with where they go. I think you have to fill two spots in this rotation behind Ryu. And then you see Nate Pearson maybe gets the fourth spot. And then, look, it's Roark and everybody else on that list. Stripling goes to the pen. Thornton is rehabbing his injury. Merriweather, Zoic, all those guys are in AAA or AA. So that's that's where I think that goes. I just find it shocking looking at these numbers that you somehow think you're going to give that many innings to Tanner Roark and not see – 50-something innings or 100 innings from Thomas Hatch or any of these guys, if you're looking at the team and it's going to be right now what it is. How are you saying that he's going to get that many innings when you have the Waggis packs, the Hatches, getting into even the freaking Patrick Murphy, who we saw a blip, a blip of radar from, you know, and saw all that goodness that he has to offer. Now that he's got everything sorted out. It's just shocking to me. And not to mention freaking TJ Zoik. We were talking about him getting a playoff game start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just shocking to me. Um, the one thing I'm not shocked about here, guys, there is no, obviously Ken Giles is a free agent. They have neatly slid Jordan Romano into the closer spot. Shocked? Not? 30 saves almost? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of. I really do feel that Rafael Dulis hit his stride and took that job and ran with it towards the end of the year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does open up the season as a closer. I know Romano had a fantastic season. Um, I do think he can steal that job from Dulis as the year goes along. But Rafael Dulis was pretty damn good after the first few weeks of the season. He really was. Um, His sinker might be one of the best pitchers on the team. Um, It's filthy. So... Um, I could see both of them getting save opportunities. It really depends on how they use the bullpen. Maybe it'll be matchup-based, which, hey, I'm more in favor of that than having a set closer, uh, or maybe having two or three guys who you know in any given day could be the guy coming in to get the final three outs. So uh, whatever way they lean, I think Delise will get a few saves. I think Romano will get a few saves. I think maybe even Ryan Barucki might get a save or two. So, um, so it's not even mentioned on here, barely. No, I know. It's just weird. Uh, I guess they really do feel him being a seventh or eighth inning guy, which, hey, that's fine, too. Uh, So, yeah, the bullpen could be very scary good next year. It really could. You look at the way these stats are structured, the Delise-Romano argument is literally a 50-50 when you look at the rest of the stats. Yeah. So, and they just happen to like the idea that they think that Jordan Romano is going to get the majority of saves from what he did. Because he was on, guys, was there a better reliever in baseball while he was red-freaking-hot? 
there in that one month. No, no, it didn't seem like it. <laughs> so everybody's all over Nick Franklin and oh, look, well, guess what? Romano is really doing the same thing for us, right? <laughs> so just not with all those saves. Mr. Corsair. Uh, look, I know it's exciting to revisit closures that we've already had on the team. Um, and sort of on a related note, let's bring back Hendricks. Ah, there it is. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know if that was supposed to be a, a hot You're take. You're trying to get your segue points right now? No, already? no, no. I'm just saying, let's, <laughs> let's, I'd rather personally have him come out. Um, we know he he's going to command a high price. Um, if you're gonna and spend money. Yeah, he's, <laughs> the, the A's didn't send him a qualifying offer. So he's available. Um, um, I'd rather, I'd rather have, have the, the, the stability, stability of having, of having him, him now, especially when he's you know probably at his all-time high of, in terms of ability. Um, you're probably going to have to pay for an extra year just to bring him up here, and that's you know sort of probably on the downfall of his career. But screw it. I, I, I know he's reliable, and signing bullpen arms are – it's a risk. But if we're spending money, like you said, Greg – Bring back Liam. Just make it happen. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, I'm going to use Mr. Corsair's is fun here to go into the next bit here that we're going to end the show with. Sure. Really quick, fellas. I want to get a hot take for a uh, 2021 offseason prediction and a t- way too early end of spring training prediction. Who wants to go first? Or do you want me to kick, with, kick it off with one? Kick it off. Kick it off, Craig. Yeah. All right. Or two. Roddy Telez is unfrickin' fire this spring. Runs away with a job, and he'll be cemented in the fifth spot in our lineup. Good. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm seeing, like, a crazy spring from him. He feels like the end of the season got taken away a little bit with the injury. Oh, he yeah. He didn't get to really play in the playoffs in the one hit. And not to mention, it barely looked like he had legs under him. I mean, full Kirk Gibson, that one hit. Yep. So... I really feel like he's going to come on the come out with a chip on his shoulder and be like, "Yep, this was no fluke. I'm taking this damn job." And not a lot, not to mention am I taking it? I'm going to run away with it. I love it. That's I my end of spring it. training one. All right. <laughs> uh, my end of spring training one, you guys will like this. Derek Fisher is off the team. I know we were talking about outfield depth being a, at a premium here, but he just doesn't fit the bill. I'd rather have close to no outfield depth than an addition of Derek Fisher. So, no, he's getting cut off the team. Those are tears <laughs> of joy from the dog. Just there saying. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, she clearly a... thinks it's bedtime already. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this is a tough one. I am going to say Nate Pearson doesn't break camp in the rotation, um, especially if there's a minor league system. Uh, and season that starts, which I think they'll do everything in their power to make sure happens. Um, so Pearson doesn't break camp with the team, even if he has a fantastic spring. Uh, he'll be a very quick call-up. And to take his place in the rotation going through the first time, it will be one of, I'm not prepared to call it, but one of Julian Merriweather or Thomas Hatch. Okay. And that's because you don't know when I commit to the other possible off-season one yet. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, what do you guys want to kick off the other part of that whole thing for the off-season prediction yet? Off-season, sure. Um, I'll put the, the Hendricks one aside. That's um, a freebie. What's that? That's a That's freebie. A freebie. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
off season. I think the Blue Jays will end up signing Bauer for more than a year. And it will be an uncomfortable contract because they have to. I think we're looking at a two-year deal. You could be looking at a 45 to $48 million contract for two years just so you have him on the squad. And this is a bold prediction. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. But if they're going to get him, they're going to have to be an overpay because it's going to be an in-demand player. Um, you come out with an offer like that, it's going to be hard to say no. Brendan, you got one or you want me to go? No, no, I do got one. Um, I really feel this way. I know we've uh, floated the idea out there a few times. Uh, and it still wouldn't shock me. I really do think this is one of their bigger trade ships that isn't a major league piece. I think Jordan Groshan is, is going to be dealt. You know, they still have depth behind Groshans, uh, whether that's Austin Martin. I don't think they know where he's going to play yet, uh, but he could play third base. Cavan could play a little bit of third if need be, even though I don't think we want him there uh, for long. Um, and Aurelvis Martinez is still down in the system. So, um, and look, sell Groshans at his highest can, and that trade will bring back either Story, Arenado, or Lindor. I really do think that they're in line for a massive splash. And Groshans is the prospect piece that will center. Uh, that would be the center uh, of that deal to either the Rockies or the Indians. There you go. But kind of segues into mine a little bit. I think the Rockies are going to go for a fire sale, fellas. I really do. I am kind of thinking that they want to hit the reset button a little bit. I don't know why. Something is just kind of leading me in that direction that they're spending too much money and they want to get back to having prospects. And if you're going to go knocking on prospect stores, okay, the Blue Meyer League system's in baseball right now, guys. If we gave up five prospects out of our top 30, I really feel like it wouldn't even dent this organization in the Meyer League level. I really do not. Yeah. I do agree that probably that centerpiece will be Jordan Groshans, but this is what my fire sale trade is going to be. The Nolan Arenado will be the centerpiece, and it wouldn't shock me. If there's another big name in there, where it's Blackman, Marquez, anything. I really think it's going to be two giant names from the roster that is currently the, the Colorado Rockies in some trade package to a team this offseason. I think it's going to be a package so that they can maximize the ridiculous prospect talent they get back. It's going to yeah. be two big guys, lots of money, but you're going to give me like four or five good guys in return. It's going to be the Troy Tulowinski trade on steroids and a couple prospects instead of Jose Reyes yeah. in that spot. I really think it's going to be exactly that. And in all reality, we guys, as much as I am the minor league guru and I love talking prospects all day, this is what we are building up a farm system for it either, you know, pluck yeah. it or trade it. Right now we've already maximized as much as I think we're going to get from the top right now. Why not dive into the cookie jar? We have no budget right now at all. If we're going to be spenders, this is a way to exactly make that happen. Get two big pieces that will fix this team right now that are major league ready for what is a piece of the future maybe, but it doesn't have to be our future necessarily. But I do think it will include Martin, Groshans, or somebody as the top tier piece, and then it will be a trickle of guys probably in our 10, 15, 20 that I would think we're off of our current prospects list. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. And look, that's, that's what we have them for. Liquidate. 
right? It, 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 I think they'd rather, well, I don't know. I can't say, I was going to say, I think they'd rather that than, uh, than give a big name or rather major league ready players, but you know, on the older side, but I don't know. They seem to value their prospects, but I do think you're right, Craig, that this is why they refilled the cupboard in order to make this push. I think they're looking for something a little bit more stable. I don't know that they necessarily want to give up a Groshans for a Lindor unless there's a contract extension involved. Yeah, I th- um, If there's not, I don't necessarily think they're comfortable giving up that high quality of a prospect when you can wait until the deadline and maybe get something with a little bit more control. Um, and that's where I think the Arenado piece stands out. Yes, he does right. have that opt-out, but guys, I really do think that he's already making what he is expecting to be making in that contract. And he's going to see this team and he's going to be like, oh my God, this is great. Get me on here. It's what he signed up for to be with the Rockies when he signed that contract. It's like to Walter. be a perennial contender. Exactly. Like hey. he, he wants to stay, apparently. Yeah. And hey, even if Arenado does walk away from that much money, then you're free from that contract. Right. So I think it's shaking. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. That is the very attractive thing about Arenado. And Craig, I agree with you. I do think that if the Rockies are to move off of him, and a team takes all of that remaining money, you're going to have to send a Blackman, a Marquez, whatever other pieces the Rockies have, some veterans that can contribute. And hey, I'm all for the Blue Jays picking that up. That's like, that could be like the Marlins trade on a lesser scale with yes. how much money would be coming to the Blue Jays. That's but exactly- either way, you get that pitcher or that center fielder that you want, and then maybe Gritchick could be the throw-in for like what Reyes was. Yeah, mm. it's possible. It is possible. <laughs> GM hat. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, is there anything else that's on your mind you would like to throw out there before we wrap this? Oh, we should mention uh, Charlie Montoyo, manager of the year candidate. Manager yeah. of the year candidate. And so, uh, Ryu, Cy Young candidate. There you go. So your actual Blue Jays news, and if you want to talk about that, I know you're sh- all shocked Chase Anderson's <laughs> option wasn't picked up. Ooh. <laughs> Damn it. No, yes. I know. Yeah, I, I think he's a valuable piece for what we had, but right now yeah. for what's going forward, I'd rather sign him back at a lower contract. So one way or the other, this is going to be declined. So <laughs> not yeah. shocked. Yeah. So keep him to lease though, because Brendan likes him apparently. <laughs> I think he's going to be listening. good. I do. <laughs> so, but apparently everybody's listening. Come on. We've been goofing around this all week. Yeah. They stop, they scoop us on our Nolan Arenado stuff that we've been saying for like a year. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's never ending. Everybody's watching. Jaybird watching. They know. But fine. Let them watch. Get our ratings up. Give us some real money. Let's do it. So, fellas, another wonderful week. We had more fun here, I think, than we haven't had in a while because we were talking hypotheticals before we dive into what is now going to be more of our, our typical off-season programming with some of these wonderful uh, year interviews. We don't know how we're quite going to attack it yet, Blue Jays fans, but we are going to be talking about that over the next few weeks, along with any other news that comes up and obviously plenty of free agent trade talk. So... Until then, make sure you listen to us on uh, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from, Google Play, Apple, Spotify, whatever it might be. Let other fans know. Get those Apple reviews up for us because it does get us higher up on the list so we can actually you know, be distributed to more Blue Jays fans on that much easier access being more of a baseball in general thing at that point. So other than that, fellas, and like usual, now we uh, have the two claps and Ric Flair. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go Blue Jays. Let's go Blue Jays.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.